Welcome to Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizzo on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers of Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And he was just doing a really stellar Schmidt impression. I don't feel good about it. It's not like my accent work. Like, I feel pretty good about that. But, like, Schmidt, he's so unique. He's hard to capture, which is why I admire him so much. It's true. It's true. We're talking about Schmidt for New Girl, uh, which is just one of the many television shows that we like to tell you about on this podcast dedicated, dedicated to very good television of all types, sorts, etc. Mm, I don't know if that was quite as like catchy as we wanted it to be, Liz. It's like, it's like, this is very good TV podcast, and we're here to tell you about the very best of TV. There you go. Or very good TV, because that would be confusing. Are we talking about good TV or the best of TV? We're talking about very good TV. Mm, that's good. I like that. Yeah. All there right. we go. Here we go. It's a good name for a podcast. Someone should use that. Hope so. <laughs> so uh, we're going to kind of, we're, we are finishing up TCA's. Ben only has half a day left tomorrow. Yeah. Tears streaming uh, down my face. Yes. I have technically, I'm technically coming in a little bit for PBS because we do occasionally care about PBS. Mercy Street, Liz's Mer- favorite. <laughs> Starring my favorite. Josh Radner. Gary Cole. <laughs> oh, uh, she's lying. It's Josh Radner. It is Josh Radner. Yeah. I do really like Josh Radner. Um, mm. I enjoyed interviewing him at the last TCAs, and it was fun to revisit his comments for this t- during this TCAs. Uh, Indeed. Anyway, as his show just premiered. Anyways, point is, uh, we're... We have done an exhaustive study of the upcoming television season. We'll have a lot more to say about what to anticipate looking forward at 2016. It's the year 2016, you guys. Um, Supposedly. But uh, right now we're going to talk about one show that was a big part of our conversations today uh, with various exciting talent people, uh, which also happens to be a show that's launching on FX just this week. Thursday. Thursday. So, yeah. 10 p.m.? 10, probably feels right yeah so anyways point is it's a show you're gonna be able to watch very soon and it's a little show that stars people you've heard of on well specifically has one person you've heard of it and it called named zach galifianakis yes everyone knows zach galifianakis from his one nakis 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 yeah i don't know everyone knows this guy from hangover from uh due date from bored to death if you're a smart and savvy ted nansen fan or at least a thorough one um, but yeah, no, he's got a new comedy coming out called Baskets. Um, it's about a clown who, you know, struggles to be a clown. Sorry, if there was a jarring edit you heard just then, it's because we're recording this live in person together at the Langham Hotel in Pasadena, and we are doing so in a public, vaguely public space, and thus occasionally have to make allowances for things. Yeah, any consistent noise that you hear is a babbling brook behind us, which we hoped would be peaceful and, and consistent. Um, but, it, I mean, it could just be terrible. Who knows? Yeah. you Or maybe you really have to pee right now. It could Ooh, go... yeah. Sorry about that. Whatever. Eh, maybe you can't even hear it. Point is, uh, the pitch with Baskets is apparently they were kind of dealing with the... Talking about the idea of clowns, and then... Uh, then they kind of landed on rodeo clowns, and then they landed on rodeo clowns trained... A, a rodeo clown trained at a Parisian clown school. And apparently that was the secret sauce that got uh, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Louis C.K., and uh, director Jonathan Crissell, who I'll talk a little bit more later, talk about a little bit more in a bit. Uh, but it got all of them together, thinking up this very odd little show uh, about a rodeo, cl- uh, a clown who comes back to his hometown of Bakersfield, California, and uh, finds himself working in a rodeo. 
Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it's it's not easy being a clown pretty much anywhere these days. But uh, I, I, it was an interesting, you know, take for me to watch the show because I hate clowns, and I feel like a lot of people hate clowns. And I mean, you love Zach Galifianakis, but it's like, how am I going to respond to Zach Galifianakis as a clown? And I, I responded pretty well. Now let's talk a little bit about clowns because honestly, I don't get it. I don't get the I don't get the hatred of clowns. I don't get the fear of clowns. Like, I I don't particularly love clowns. Like, I'm not like at a circus. Like, oh boy, the clowns are going to show up. But I don't have the thing that see, so many people I know have. Where does it come from for you? I mean, I, I feel like it's just instinctual. I don't. I, I'm I'm sure there's people who are scarred by it because as a child you saw a grown man that you clearly recognized as a grown man or woman dressed in loud colorful makeup uh, running around doing who knows what with balloons or, or what have you then frankly I would be freaked out I'd be like why is that guy doing that but I don't remember having any experience like this I just have a natural uh, inclination to dislike clowns I just see them and I don't understand their purpose and they're kind of scary to me and I feel like they are in disguise which puts me on edge and then I just I'm not into it now they scare you as an adult as an adult man you are scared of clowns I mean if there was a clown standing like right over there I wouldn't freak out and run away I but I wouldn't have my back to it like I would <laughs> be watching that son of a bitch and find out what the hell he's gonna do next again I really don't understand this but it's, well but, but, more, but, but, more importantly I think that the, the gist of this show is is what you touched on before like this is Zach Galifianakis coming to TV uh, in his in a starring role like obviously right. he's done TV before he's actually got some great voice work out there on some really good shows like Bob's Burgers um, but no like what's interesting to me about this show is a question that was posed earlier kind of in passing um, and I don't know if it was specifically this way but whether or not baskets could serve as a replacement for Louie because we're not going to have Louie for a while and we're going to get at least 10 episodes of baskets before we get the next 10 episodes of Louie or 8 episodes or however many Louie decides he's going to do if he decides to do more Um, and you know because he's a co-creator on it because it's a very unique show because uh, you know it's got some experimental elements in it you know for sure uh, I, I'm curious on your take is if Louis fans in particular would respond well to this, or you would imagine they would. I would, but not for the reason that the easy reason, which is oh, it because it's not Louis is very much a singular thing, and it's always been a very personally personal story from Louis C.K.'s perspective, or at least it feels like feels like whatever we're seeing in Louis is really is the real Louis, and I think that's kind of the sh- the, the premise of the show's you know, based on uh, with Baskets, it's clearly Zach Galifianakis playing a character, not even just playing one character, he plays two characters, he plays his own identical twin, who is actually someone he he was... um, uh, today, Ben and I spoke with I spoke with the uh, director Jonathan Crisell, who I mentioned earlier, and as well as Mr. Galifianakis. Uh, and uh, Ben spoke with uh, Martha Kelly, who's one of the ma- who's basically one of the two other people on this show. Um, and so I forget why I brought that up. It wasn't to be, it wasn't to be braggy. Humble brags. It was a humble brag, uh, but also it's because Liz is addicted to interviews. You guys, I don't know if you know this, but she has like an addiction. I just people say, <laughs> "Do you want to interview this person?" And then I look them up, and they sound interesting. So yeah, I'll talk to that person for ten minutes. Yeah, but even when it comes time to like to, to divide these up for your own sanity, like to, to give yourself a break and like to have a like a little bit of time off 
and, and just time to eat lunch or something, Liz. Like, you're just like, no, I'm not going to do that. I am going to just keep mowing down these interviews. I only had seven today. It was nothing. <laughs> That's That speaks to the addiction because you think it's nothing. You've I'll had tell you when I've longer. had enough. <laughs> Anyway, but no, like these are all these are all very good talents. These are all very interesting people to discuss individual of themselves. Yeah, well I remember I remember why I brought up interviewing Mr. Galifianakis. God damn it, you have me doing that so often these days. We're not friends. I'm not friends with Zach. I can't call him Zach. Yeah, exactly. You can't call him Zach. Like it's I find it troubling when people do. Okay. People do it all the time. Yes. This is a con- you, you might if you've listened to our interviews episode, you you might remember that Ben and I have a back and forth going about this, but Ben is slowly converting me. So yeah, the reason I brought up Mr. Gal- speaking with Mr. Galifianakis is that apparently while well, the character at the center of the show, uh, a, a man named Chip Buckets Baskets. 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 Good Lord. I'm tired. Uh, But Chip Chip Baskets has a twin brother. Twin brother is actually a kind of character prototype that Mr. Galifianakis has been playing a lot over the last several years. Um, Apparently since high school he's been kind of riffing on this kind of, that kind of trope. So, but, you know, Chip is actually, meanwhile, a much more quiet character. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, getting back to what we were originally talking about in, in the sense of, like, kind of how it, it reflects on, on, on Louis and, and what oh, Louis yeah. C.K.'s, like, influences are uh, on this sort of thing, I feel like the biggest impression that C.K. seems to have made is in kind of the, maybe even the casting process. Like, we heard a couple of stories today about how, like, uh, when they, they cast Louis Anderson to play that Chip's mother. Right. Um that Galifianakis did an impression of the voice that he wanted his mother to sound like and Louis looked at him and said so you want Louis Anderson and he was like I guess I do and they were like well let's call him up and then they cast him and I feel like you know watching the show you see that character and then you see kind of Martha Kelly's character and you see like a few other people like in the surrounding area around it 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 feel that feels like Louis to me that feels like something in the vein of his show like something a little experimental a little bold a little different but it's within the narrative of the story and that changes it a bit well and also very grounded and the thing the reason I brought up the fact that Zach Galifianakis plays two very different characters is that both of them feel very outside of the Galifianakis persona that we've kind of come to embrace I don't know if that's true I actually think that looking at both of these both of his characters um, I can see it feels familiar to me and it, it doesn't feel familiar in a bad way it feels familiar in that way of like this is the comedian that I've come to expect this is the guy that I want to watch for you know 25 minutes every week or whatever um, they're, they're certainly unique to the show and the pairing of them makes them feel slightly different um, but I, I don't know it, it felt very comfortable let's say for me to slide in and into these guys lives yeah uh, but uh, but yeah I don't know I I I, to answer my own question, I guess, I don't know if Louis mm-hmm. fans will flock to this or not. I feel like they would definitely give it a shot. I don't think that it, because of the narrative attached to it, because of that that, that format that they're working under, it's not as unpredictable. It's not as open. It's not as um, just, you know, completely out of left field as Louis can be, which I think is what people are largely drawn to these days. Like, I think that they watch Louis to see those episodes that come out of nowhere and are just like, oh my god, like how, like only only on this show could they talk about this in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely some experimental things going on in, in Baskets, and it's definitely an original show. Um, and I think that, you know, fans might like it for, for just being that. But uh, but I don't know if it actually fits into the the hole that's been left by Louis in the schedule. I would agree with that, and I think it's because whereas Louis feels like something very singular to Louis and his uh, 
very singular to Louis and his experiences. This is a melding of three different uh, sensibilities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that can definitely be felt like we talked about, you know, with the, with, whether it's the casting, whether it's the narrative, whether it's, uh, you know, the like what vibe you get out of Galifianakis uh, himself. Um, it, it's definitely a, a combination of a lot of different things. And, and frankly, for me, there were a few things that I struggled to get over in the in the early episodes, but it seemed to kind of settle in probably by episode episode three is is the best so far. Four was solid. Um, I think we've only got five so far. I really so, liked five. Um, I thought five five really got to me. I feel like it just needed some some shows have that first episode and it builds the world and the world itself is so intriguing and fascinating by itself that you're that that's what hooks you right other shows they almost have to get that out of the way so that they can just kind of sit with the characters and let the characters do their own thing and so far when they when that's been allowed to happen which for me in in the third episode was like martha kelly's episode was like holy shit look at martha kelly look at this comedian that we've never seen before that comes out of nowhere steals the show Mm -hmm. uh it's very much her personality uh she was picked out of nowhere because she she was uh friends with Galifianakis from like the late 90s and then he just kind of called her up one day and said you know I want you to be part of the show she came in took it over and, and now we're going to see her every week and it's it's a great thing that she's going to get that exposure um, and I think people are going to be really drawn to that character but then that fourth episode um, you'd already met Louis Anderson but mm-hmm. he comes up again and it's it feels like his episode and that's that's really works well too yeah I think I, you and I both watched Baskets independently and then both came back to each other and were like Martha Kelly, man. Like, she is so... She just grabs you. And there's something... Like, uh, Jonathan... She hasn't done a ton of acting. Like, maybe any acting. And uh, she... uh, She hasn't done a ton of acting. Like, any acting. And so, Jonathan Crisella worked really hard to make her feel comfortable and safe. And, you know, like, she... Because she was scared. It was scary for her because she's new at this. But the, somehow this combination worked together and she gives this beautifully vulnerable, uh, unique performance unlike anything else you've seen on TV in a while. Yeah, and she's got a very good dynamic with Galifianakis, which I think uh, you know he deserves a lot of credit for for coming up with, for realizing that that, that would play very well. That he didn't need to cast, you know, another name as big as him across from him. He needed the right person to fit the part, um, to fit what he had in mind. And that that character developed a lot from when they, you know, first came up with it, uh, which is, you know, an interesting thing to to, to go over. But but really, uh, it, it's it's something that I think is going to develop in a very interesting way. And when I saw those episodes and I saw those moments, I was like, okay, I think I think you've sold me. I think mm-hmm. I, this is going to be one where I want to keep up with it. Yeah, which is is well, lovely, frankly, because there's a, I mean, there's not enough TV on right now. No, there's never enough TV, Liz. Never enough. But I feel like there's a little bit of a, a comedy drought happening right now. I don't feel like we've got a lot of new stuff. Well, except for like Fox Tuesday nights ruining our lives. It's true. I'm like three. Ruining. Well, I'm, I'm like three weeks behind, Ben. Huh, well, I mean, uh, get on it. Well, Priorities in order. Um. Yeah, I've got all these people to interview, though. <laughs> Yes, yes, you do. And it all comes back around. It all comes back around. Uh, But I think, yeah, I think the thing we're trying to communicate here is, you know, it's it's really fun to have this one show where there's a lot of really special little things about it. And whether or not it's for you, it probably, it could not be. Like, this, there's... But that's the whole point of having TV like this in the world right now is that it can be singular. It can be not everyone's taste. Well, what other, the other interesting thing, and I, I feel like we bring this up with a lot of shows we talk about. Right. And we're always, I feel like you and I are, are both people who 
are obviously addicts and junkies and will watch way too much television in general like let alone we have to do it for our work but we'll we'll just keep coming back to it so we're maybe we're not i'm not i don't feel like we're more forgiving as critics but maybe as viewers we're going to kind of keep up with things and we find those little intriguing elements um that maybe a lot of people will just not consider they Mm -hmm. won't stick around long enough and to me what that what makes it so interesting that this is going to be on fx which i'm not even sure we mentioned but it's going to be on fx it's going to be a weekly show you know, two weeks is a long time for people to sit with a show. If they watch it, you know, they watch the premiere and they're like, okay, that was okay. And then they watch the second one and they're like, yeah, I guess it's okay. But, like, I mean, you have to, you'd have to commit to it. Mm-hmm. And I honestly feel like this is a show that would be better if you did binge it, if you did just sit with it for five episodes or ten episodes. And, you know, FX is, is going to make that available. But at the same time, for me, after last year's uh, disaster with the comedians, where I just loved that show so much, it didn't get the ratings people were expected. It was really hyped up. It had huge names attached to it. And I feel like if it was given an opportunity to be that you could just sit with it, people would have engaged with it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to be the case for Baskets. We haven't seen enough of it. Last year they gave us eight episodes of the comedians, so I was ready to go on that one. But, um, but I will be very curious kind of what FX's strategy is with this. We've got more people watching on delay every day. FX is a network that is very dedicated to that idea. Right. To, to waiting and seeing if people keep up with it on DVR. But, I mean, when it comes to binging, that would be DVRing stuff not in the Live Plus 7, not, you know, the week of its release. That's three weeks, four weeks, five weeks down the road. So we'll be interested to see what happens there. Yeah, I think... Uh I think in, in speaking to FX's strategy, I I think unlike the comedians where there's there there are big expectations assigned to baskets, I think baskets is feels more to me like FX just being like, We like that Louis C. K. fellow, he makes this really exciting TV and he keeps getting nominated for awards for it, which looks good for us. If he and his buddy Zach want to get together and make a new TV show and we put it on television, you know, that's great. Uh, I actually asked directly about a, season, a potential season two when speaking with Mr. Galifianakis, and he was like, I don't have no, I have no idea. Apparently they're going to get the writers together in February to talk about it. Maybe they'll have ideas. But the thing about it is that um, this could just be a random little one-off experiment for FX, and uh, that's never a good thing necessarily, but, you know, I'll take a well-made season of television over no TV at all. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's an interesting argument, and I think that's definitely something that's out there. The only the only flaw I'd say in that design is that Baskets is not a show that started off at peak TV. It's not automatically great television. What I've seen right now would not put it in, like, the A range or, or something where I'd be, like, raving about it. It's something that's a fun experiment, and I guess if you look at it like that, that's fine. But... I don't know if those survive on TV, especially when you're when you're putting it on the network of the guy who says there's too much good TV out there and it's distracting you from the great TV. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just a, it's an interesting thing. This isn't necessarily specific to FX. This is specific to just about any show that comes out of the <coughs> gate, and it's not fully formed and it's not what it is from day one, and they need that time to develop. You know, audiences will have different reactions to those things, and how they're being gauged these days is a huge part of the discussion. Yeah. I mean. I, 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 uh, one, as always, gentle listener, we ask you to tell us what you think of these shows that we discuss. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think about Baskets once it premieres on Tuesday. And you know, it's it, it, if you want to, if you're not sure, maybe give it a couple of epi- stack up a couple of episodes. I think the term that gets thrown around sometimes is stacking 
for when, yeah, you, when, when, you, when you when you let your DVR fill up a little bit before you dig in. Sure. Uh, so let's see if you guys do that. Let's see if you guys get into it that way. And they'll have it available on uh, you know the FX Now app. F- or FX, yeah. So if you have a, if you have a cable FX or something. If you know your friend's cable login subscription and you don't but you don't have cable, you can still access it online. Yeah, they've got it on the web. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll, they'll make sure that you can find it, which is a good thing. Um, and yeah, I. I I think reactions to this would be very fun to gauge. Yeah. Like overall. And I'm I'm very curious. There's not a lot of reviews out yet, um, even though it comes out on Thursday. I will be very curious to kind of see what the critical response is to the show. I know you're still working on your review, Ben, uh, but where do you kind of put the grade at it at this point? Uh, I I don't know. I I mean, it'd be in the... Like the B range, I, I wouldn't go any lower than a B minus. It's probably like a B or a B plus right now. But um, but yeah, I, I need to kind of revisit them again because again we've just watched so many freaking screeners these days. Yeah. Um, and and make sure it's fresh and and see it from that right perspective. But but yeah, I mean it'll be, it's one of those shows that'll be fun to talk about kind of no matter what. And I hope it's been fun for you guys to listen to us talk about it. Yeah. So that leads me to ask Ben, what's the best thing you watched last week? Oh, gosh. Well, among the few things we're allowed to talk about. Right. <laughs> because some of this stuff is not coming out till March or April or, uh, God, there's some of it that has isn't even in production yet. Um, but, uh, but no, I, 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 I'm going to join the masses of people who are already talking about American Crime Story, uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Um, they gave us six episodes of that. We just spent an hour and a half listening to everybody talk about it, which is preposterous for a TCA panel. But Ben looks so beaten down over this panel, you guys. Well, they, they, they really want to, you know, get it out there. They, they are not taking any risks with this show. And frankly, it's an interesting show to talk about from the perception angle because if you just heard about that, and I, like, if this is the first you're hearing about it, there's an O.J. Simpson show coming out talking that's going to chronicle the uh, the murder and the, and the trial of O.J. Simpson, you would think that that's going to be, like, e-entertainment television, really shoddy, juicy, like, soap opera-y, like, crap. I mean, and, and frankly, they addressed this, a lot of the actors talked about this today um, in, in knowing that coming in, and... I think the critics are going to be huge. I think they're going to get people to watch this. I think people will watch it. And as soon as you see that first episode, you're not going to stop. Yeah, it is it is really addictive. I've talked about it. I talked about it in the last podcast. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it more. The way that they integrate race into the conversation is frankly... It's so stunning. Yeah, and it's it's so important. It's so well done. Like yeah. they don't they don't make it overt. They don't try to beat you over the head with it. They slowly place little things to build it up until you realize you're in it. Mm-hmm. And when you're in it, that conversation is so valuable. And frankly, everything that's the other thing that was I mean, somewhat frustrating about listening to the panel for so long. It was like, I'm glad they're saying this. I want that to get out there. I want people to know how seriously they're taking it. But until you see it, it's almost hard to believe mm-hmm. how well they do it. So, yeah, uh, especially for Ryan Murphy. Yeah, especially with Ryan Murphy's name attached to it. You're right. Um, not, but to yeah. be, not to be catty. But uh, but that's my that's my best thing and my next thing. So that comes out the first episode's February second. Um, and so we want the next. Weeks. We want the last four. And we yeah we definitely want to see the end of it. So uh, so Liz, what's the what's the best thing you've seen of late that you can talk about? Oh gosh. Um, well, in preparing to interview Jonathan Crisell, the thing about Jonathan Crisell is that he actually has a huge 
his resume is really interesting. Right now, he is technically working on three different shows. He's an executive producer on FX's other weird FX little X. comedy, XX, uh, Man Seeking Woman, uh, which is a lot of fun if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out. It's weird as hell. He was on the panel today talking about that, too, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's, it's weird as hell, but very well integrated into... But it's a weirdness that's really well integrated with a very sweet story at times uh, and great cast as well. And this year, apparently, they're breaking out into more characters too. Like they're going to take the perception or the perspective of uh, like the female characters and a few of the different characters instead of just being about the one guy. But anyway, yeah, sorry, no, I no, no, it's all right. No, but it's like the first episode is in fact from the Eric Andre character's point of view, uh, and the, yeah, there's going to be more of those. And uh, yeah, they 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 started this last season. Uh, Episode nine of season one right. is from the point of view of Jay Baruchel's character's sister, uh, which who's named Liz, and I watched that whole episode being very weirded out. Because can't, can't handle characters that are named with your name. Liz? Um, characters around my age dealing with issues revolving uh, romance and uh, pro- you know the desire to start a family someday and the knowledge that biologically that might become impossible very quickly. Oh my god, did David Duchovny guest on this? Is this about your life? <laughs> I love it. Why, why, why David Duchovny? Why jump there? Why, I mean, I have no idea, Liz. Why would you be obsessed with David Duchovny? No reason. No, no reason. No, he's never been on anything you like. Um, but no, is that, so is that the best thing you've seen? Is Man vs. Woman? Uh, man no, versus no, woman. I was going to say the actual best thing was I rewatched as, I don't know really for research this morning, um, uh, this, uh, one of the other shows that Jonathan Crisell does is uh, the sh- this little show you might have heard of on IFC called Portlandia. Uh, and he, uh, there's this, uh, the season two finale of Portlandia, if, if you go back and find it on Netflix, there's an extended cut, and it's, it's the extended cut of the, of Brunch, and if you have never watched the extended cut of Brunch, it is such a treat, uh, I'll just say that it's got, uh, not only does it have full-length performances from John, uh, Kyle McLaughlin. It's hosted by Kyle McLaughlin or bookended by him. It's also It also stars Tim Robbins in a significantly weird part. And then, like, the whole thing ends and then goes in this incredibly bizarre, weird direction into, like, this behind-the-scenes making of Odyssey that stars Jonathan Crisell. Like, he appears as himself, as the director of Portlandia, going on this epic quest to find the perfect uh, Marion Berry pancake. And it's so... I, I watched it years ago, and it was so funny. And I watched it again this morning, and it was still really funny. So that's the best thing I saw this week. It's a pretty solid pick, Liz. And a good one, because now... Because everybody can access that. Yeah. It's every, on you Netflix. Can, you, it's on YouTube. I'm sure, like, you can get to it. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm Always I'm, good to have one when you're listening to the podcast. People can actually Google right away and be like, okay, I can... I can put this in the queue and there it is yeah and so it's a fun egalitarian woman of the people sort of pick uh, my next thing i'm looking forward to though is all of the netflix screeners i have to dig into tonight uh so uh all of which most most of which i can't talk about uh and all of which will be not out for a little while uh Liz is, uh, you know, being a little modest here and, and maybe, you know, just protecting herself. She's really just going to go home and watch all of the Fuller House episodes and, and just may- maybe twice. I have a lot of feelings about Kimmy Gibbler, it turns out. Mm. I've seen three of the new Fuller Houses, and Kimmy Gibbler, she's... There's a lot to say about Kimmy Gibbler, is all I'm going to say. You heard it here first, folks. IndieWire is soon to be the home of essay after essay regarding Kimmy Gibbler and her importance to the American culture between 1992 and 2016. Correct. 
So in the meantime, uh, when, when I do get around to publishing that essay, you should go to IndieWire.com to find it. Uh, you can find also there reviews, interviews, features, uh, news, uh, lists, uh, me yelling at Ben about something probably. Oh man, yeah, like all the time, guys. It's abusive. <laughs> Um, and if you want to hear other people yelling at other people, make sure you listen to our other podcasts, <laughs> uh, which include Ann Thompson yelling at Eric Cohn, usually about him being wrong regarding some big studio blockbuster. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, it's great. It's Oscar season. It's a great yeah. time to do that sort of thing. And then uh, Dana Harris, who, uh, she doesn't yell. She's kind. She's a wonderful human being. Uh, she's IndieWire's editor-in-chief, and she's talking to the most important people in the biz, and you're not going to want to miss it. IndieWire influencers. Yes. Uh, and you can find Ben on Twitter and yell at him there at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Lizzo on Twitter, but do not yell at her. Just send her kind words. Uh, nothing nothing negative. We're not haters. Everybody's all about the love here. And she is, of course, at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. Uh, we will be back next week. I hope it, it, presuming we, we, I think we basically have survived TCAs. Netflix is going to be a bit of a bear, but uh, they really are testing us because it's like this is the like they've got PBS sure, and that's you know it's PBS. It's not, PBS is but a nice Netflix, cool down. Netflix is like a huge, massive, jam-packed day with like 16 shows. Yeah. Uh, so they're really you know making us earn the ending. Yeah, but it'll be fun. And you listened. You're listening to this after we've already done it, so it's going to be wonderful. Uh, or but it's our postmortem. Or this is our suicide note. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. That just took a bleak note. Well, I'm watching a lot of American Crime Story, Liz. Yep, that's true. Uh, the most important thing is, you guys, keep watching television.